This is Renovar Ministries, revealing Christ and renewing one heart at a time. Welcome to our new podcast series called Kings and Queens. I'm excited about this new series, as it is always such a delight to explore God's Word and to seek out His truth with you. Join us as we embark on a historical journey into the lives of the kings and queens and their most trusted advisors of biblical times. Here we analyze their greatest quests, their weakest moments, and their leadership styles. God's word is alive and fully relevant to us all in the 21st century. So let us trust that the Holy Spirit is going to come alongside of us to teach and equip us in this season. We are first going to start in the book of Judges. Let us turn to Judges chapter 2 together for a brief overview. Historically speaking, when we read the Old Testament, we read how God chose Moses to fetch his people out of the land of Egypt and journey towards the promised land, which Moses did. After Moses died, when the people were on the brink of the promised land, God raised up Joshua as his successor. Joshua faithfully took God's people into the promised land and played a major role in leading Israel to conquer the territory that God had given them. The Israelites were roaming in the land, flowing with milk and honey, as they called it, which meant that they were truly living in the blessing and peace of God with all they needed in the land itself. Sadly, many still forsook God and started worshipping Baal. God was angered by this and therefore allowed the surrounding enemies of the Israelites to oppress them. They were ransacked by robbers and experienced great anguish. It was in this season that God raised up the era of the judges to assist in delivering his people. Judges 2.16 states, Then the Lord raised up judges who rescued them from the hands of those who robbed them. For numerous years, God assigned individuals to help judge and lead Israel. These judges were chosen from the different tribes of Israel and often played strategic roles in times of war and times of crisis to bring God's wisdom and direction. Some of the familiar judges you may have read about before are Gideon, Deborah, Samson and Samuel. Now Samuel judged Israel well until he was an elderly man. The remarkable thing about Samuel was that he was already serving in God's temple from childhood. His ear was well tuned to the voice of God and he understood God's precepts and core heart very well. The word of God tells us the following in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 19 to 20. Now Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. And he let none of his words fail to be fulfilled. And all Israel from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south knew that Samuel was appointed as a prophet of the Lord. After Samuel retired, he appointed his two sons to continue in his stead. Their names were Joel and Abia. Unfortunately, these two men totally lacked good character. And they just ran after money and lived lives of falsehood and corruption. They made a total disaster of their positions and brought great dishonor to their father and to their tribe. 
it was in this time that instead of seeking out another judge, the Israelites approached Samuel and asked him if they could rather have a king. Let us read 1 Samuel chapter 8 verses 4 to 6 together. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. Many of the other nations around Israel were governed by a king. And in this series, we have the opportunity to look at other kings from other nations as well. A king or a queen led and governed differently to that of a judge. A king ruled over the people and often sought after his own interests. Naturally, Samuel was greatly grieved by the request because he understood that if the Israelites got the wrong king, it would destroy them. He recognized the fact that the Israelites were willing to place their lives in a human's hands and not in God's. During his prayer time, the Lord explained to Samuel that the people hadn't rejected Samuel, but actually God himself as their king, and that he would warn the people of what will happen when a human king rules over them. You see, God loved his people, and he didn't want any calamity to come against them. God gave the following warnings to the Israelites of what a king's rulership over them would be like. To reference this, you can find this in 1 Samuel chapter 8, 11 to 17. I'm just going to paraphrase it for us now. A king would make their children his servants. In other words, he would use their children to serve him and his kingdom. He would force their sons to work with his horses and run out in front of his chariot. He would use their sons to labor on the land, till the ground, plant crops and the like. A king would use their sons to make weapons for warfare. He would expect their sons to lead and be in troops that go out to war on behalf of the nation. The king would also use their daughters to serve in his palace. He would use their daughters to make perfume and to work in the kitchen. He would remove their own properties from them and would use them for himself. He would even give some of the properties away. He would take a tenth of their produce of their land, or even their livestock. God also explained that when they would really need his help, he would not come to their aid because they had blatantly rejected him. It was at this pivotal moment that the Israelites had the opportunity to withdraw their request and to repent. God, the good father, was warning his people of the consequences of their actions. He was clearly spelling it out for them. Yet, they failed to heed to his warning and still pleaded for a king. Their excuse was they wanted to keep up with the other nations and be like them. And they thought it would be helpful for a king to fight their battles and to rule over them. God therefore told Samuel to listen to the people and to seek out a king for them. Church, the Israelites had quickly forgotten all that their God and king had done for them over the years. God used Gideon, the judge, and 300 men to defeat multitudes of Midianites. There were so many of them that they were like locusts. 
God raised Samson up to stand up against the Philistines, where he struck down a thousand men with a mere donkey's jawbone. That is just one man with the Spirit of God on him. How much more could God have done for his people as their king? And just think about what God can do in your life as you acknowledge him as your king. Amen. So this is your takeaway leadership point for the day. So as a leader, put God first in your life and acknowledge him as your king. I want to end with this verse from Revelation chapter 17, verses 14. The word of God says, They will make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will defeat them because He is Lord of lords and King of kings. He will defeat them with His chosen and faithful followers, the people that He has called. May we never stop serving the Lord our God. Let us pray together. Father, where we have minimized or dethroned you as our king at any point in our lives, we repent and ask for your mercy, Lord. Lord, we corporately confess that you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Be glorified in and through our lives in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. Please feel free to connect with us through our website www.renovalministries.org for free resources or if you need any prayer. May God bless you and your family. Shalom. Thank you.